You know why? Because we look at people that are born with the most debilitating, crippling diseases, lameness, deformed bodies, and all that. And can we believe they can be healed? I think so. Welcome to the Healing Your Soul podcast with Katie Souza. This program is designed for those eager for the supernatural to flow in their lives, as well as to have a healthy soul. Would you join Katie as she shares from scripture and experience the critical importance of a well soul? We've got a great new episode planned for you, so let's dive into today's show. Sin wounds a soul, trauma wounds a soul. And when the soul is wounded by sin or trauma, it can cause sickness. Remember, whatever's happening in the soul affects the physical body. 3 John 1, you'll be prospered and be in health even as your soul is prospered. And here God was saying when they sinned, it did wound them and made them physically sick. We don't understand that many of our diseases and our disorders that we're dealing with right now, and, and I mean, there's no limit on what they could be. Anything from back and neck problems to knee problems to, to hearing to, to diseases to bacterial diseases to viruses to cancers. Many times those disorders and those ailments could be coming upon your physical body because of what is in your soul. How do we heal these wounds that are killing people before their time? Two things, simply two things. That is the blood from the cross of Jesus Christ and a power called dunamis that comes through the resurrection. See, sin makes wounds, trauma makes wounds. And the first step you need to take to get these wounds healed is you need to plead the blood. You need to repent. You need to forgive people that you're angry at. You need to repent for your ancestors because wounds can be healed, can be passed down through the generations. You need to apply the blood. See, the blood is for sin and you need to apply it and then what will happen is that blood will wash away the sin that wounded you. But what we haven't realized is that indeed, sin and trauma both have left wounds. And there's a special power for that. And the good news is that that power is still Christ. It's a power called dunamis that comes from his resurrection. What's so important about this power? What it does. What it does. It heals both your body and your soul. The word dunamis means the power to perform a miracle. That's one meaning, meaning it heals. It gives you the ability, the supernatural power to be able to perform a miracle in your physical body, to kill CLL, to kill cancers, to kill bacterias, to give you new regenerated body parts, and livers and lungs and hearts to be regenerated and be healed. It gives you the power to do that. But what else does that word dunamis mean? It also means this, excellence of soul. How many of you have bone issues? Issues with your bones? Knees, cartilage, ligaments, pain, structural, skeletal issues? Yes, a lot of people, amen? I'm gonna teach on that right now. You would not believe the amount of bone miracles we've had. It's just been astounding. And bone disorders can be directly connected to the soul. Just a very simple example is the woman bowed over with the spirit of infirmity in Luke 13. Remember, the spirit had bowed her over for 18 years, the spirit of infirmity. 
and she could in no wise lift herself up, the spirit literally was bending her bones, was bending her spine. What gave that evil spirit the right to do that? Remember, I've said this many times. What does the word infirmity mean? It means weakness and infirmity of the body and of the soul. She had a wound in her soul. And that's what it was allowing the spirit to literally wreak havoc with her bones, to bend her back over. Now notice, Jesus, it said, quote, loosed her from what? Her infirmity. Meaning what? He didn't just heal her physical body and send that spirit packing. He healed her of the infirmity in her soul. And that's what closed down that spirit from continuing to be able to afflict her bones. Once the legal right in her soul was healed, was gone, that spirit could no longer be there, amen? And it had to go. And she was loosed from that infirmity, amen? I've seen so many bone miracles. You know, sometimes I have to rack my brain to remember them. There's just been hundreds, even thousands of bone miracles. I mean, you know, you talk about the woman bowed over with the spirit of infirmity. Now we've had three people that had either a humpback or, or an arched back being healed. When they got their soul healed, I had a woman in, in Kansas that came up. She said her entire life she had been humpbacked, bowed over. But when we were doing the healing of the soul, the steps of healing the soul, she all of a sudden, for the first time in her life, stood up straight. Amen? It was like that spirit left because something in her soul got healed. She was infirmed no more. I've seen thousands of bone miracles. It's just been amazing. You should see, you have to understand that many of these things are connected to the soul, connected to the soul. Even people who are born with a bone disorder or something connected to the skeletal structure or a lameness or a crippling disease could have that disease and that disorder because they were born with a wound in their soul. Okay, I'm going to explain it to you right now. Let me show you biblical proof that we can literally be born with a wound in our soul that was passed down from generation to generation. Let's look at Acts 3. It's about the beggar at the gate beautiful. It says, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask for alms of them that entered into the temple. This man was born lame from the womb. What happened? Is it possible that he was born with a soul wound? Yes. Have you ever heard of generational curses? What happens? A generational curse gets passed down from generation to generation, doesn't it? Where does that curse get passed down at? Does it get carried from generation to generation on your spirit man? No. If you're born again, that's impossible, isn't it? No generational curse can be carried from generation to generation on your spirit man. It cannot cling to your born-again spirit man. Why? Because Galatians 3 says what? That Christ became a curse for us. 
for cursed who's anyone who's hung on the tree. See, Christ is the curse breaker. He became a curse for us. So if you're born again and your spirit is regenerate in Christ, there's no way a generational curse can cling on to your spirit, man, as it's passed down from generation to generation. So where does that generational curse get carried? It gets carried in your soul. In your soul. That man at the gate, beautiful, said was what? Lame from his mother's womb. Look up the word womb in the Strong's Concordance. It means the place where the fetus is conceived and nurtured. But guess what else it means? It means this words. Ready? The soul. The soul. You see, wounds, just like generational curses, get passed down from generation to generation in the womb. Why the womb? Because that's where both the presence of the mother and the father are, aren't they? They're both there together. And that's where all that stuff that was on the mother's line and on the father's line gets passed down to the baby. Now, if you think I'm wrong, just listen to what, what David said in Psalm 51. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. What's he talking about? He's saying, in the womb, I received all the wounds that came from my mother and father's sins. Those sins that they had and that their parents had and that their parents had that created wounds in their soul were passed down to me in the womb. I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. I love how he says in verse 10, just a few verses later, what does he say? Now create in me a clean heart, O Lord. Do you know that word heart means? The soul. He's saying clean my soul of the stuff I was born with. The stuff I'm doing now, the stuff I was born with, everything that's in my soul created me a clean heart, a clean soul. I want to be completely healed of everything. Everything I've done in my lifetime and everything I got from mom and dad and grandma and grandpa. Amen. I believe the beggar, the gate beautiful, was lame from the womb because he was born with a soul wound. Now, is there any more proof that that's actually true? Yes, there, there is. In Acts 4, after the guy gets healed, the rulers and the elders of Israel, they arrest Peter and John, and they bring them in and start questioning them about the healing. And Peter says this today. He says this to them. This is what he said in verse 9. He says, are we being examined this day for the good deed done to this impotent man? And by what means he was made whole. What did Peter call that beggar? An impotent man. Now, he could have called him anything. He could have called him lame guy, beggar dude. But he called him impotent. Why? You know, the Bible is very specific about the words it uses. Why would he call him impotent? Because of what the word impotent means. It's the same. It has the same root in it as the word sick. It means strong in soul. Why did Peter call that guy impotent? Because Peter had a Holy Spirit revelation that that guy was lame from his mother's womb because he needed to be made strong in soul. There was something in his soul that he had been born with that was causing him to be lame in his physical body. This should make everybody in this room super excited. You know why? Because we look at people that are born with the most 
debilitating, crippling diseases, lameness, deformed bodies and all that. And can we believe they can be healed? I think so. I believe so. I believe that miracles of that level are just around the corner. But I believe that the church needed to have a couple more pieces of the puzzle to be able to walk in that level of miraculous. And one of the pieces was to understand that sometimes these people who are born lame from the womb are in that condition because they're impotent. They need to be made strong in soul. Now look, how did Peter heal that guy? Let me show you. It says this, he goes, he heals the guy. What does he say? He goes, you know, silver and gold I do not have because the man was begging, right? But what I have, I give you. Now in the name of Jesus, arise, pick up your mat and walk. Now think about it. What did Peter have? Well, he's about to tell you what he had. After the healing, everybody's freaking out. The entire temple's going crazy. They cannot believe a, a man born lame from the womb is now walking, jumping, and leaping around. And they're all freaking out and gathering around. And they're, they're going, oh, my gosh, what happened? what happened? This is incredible. This is amazing. And Peter stops and he says this. And in this statement, he tells us what he had that he gave to that lame man. Listen, it says, and when Peter saw the people freaking out, and he, he saw them and he answered unto the people, he said, ye men of Israel, why are you marveling at this? Why do you look so earnestly at us as though by our own power we made this man walk? That word power is the word dunamis. He's saying, look, it wasn't by my own power. It was by the dunamis power the Lord gave me. Remember what he said to the beggar? He said, silver and gold I, I don't have, but what I have I give you. What did he have? Well, in Matthew 10, it says that Jesus gave his disciples power, dunamis, to drive out demons and heal the sick. He had the anointing of dunamis. And what he had, he gave to that guy. Remember what he said to that man? He said, what I, you know, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have I give to you. Now arise, pick up your mat and walk. Arise, pick up your mat and walk. What's the word arise? You know, it's actually a resurrection term. It's the same term used when Jesus said, go out and heal the sick. Raise the dead. So what is, where does dunamis come from? It comes from the what? resurrection. So when he said arise, he was releasing on that man what he had. His words were releasing the anointing. He said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have, the dunamis anointing, I give to you. Let me release it on you right now. Arise. Arise. Pick up your mat and walk. With his words, he released that dunamis power. And that man, I'm believing. Are you believing with me? That even those that are born lame and crippled from the womb, those who are impotent because they need to be made strong in soul, will be healed by resurrection power that comes from Jesus' victory over the grave. Amen? The same steps you've been learning is how you heal these bone diseases. The same steps. The blood from the cross. The dunamis power from the resurrection. Let's look at that. You want to see proof that Jesus used the blood from the cross and the dunamis power from the resurrection to heal somebody that was lame and paralyzed in their body? Do you want to see it? Amen. Luke 5. Now it happened on a certain day that Jesus was teaching, and there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present that day to heal. Okay, so here's Jesus. He's about to teach the teachers of the law, and everybody are there to listen to him. 
right? And the Bible goes out of its way to say that what was there that day? The power of the Lord was there that day present to heal. That word power is dunamis. So dunamis was there that day to heal. Then what happens? It says that they, they brought a man on the bed, right, who was paralyzed. Paralyzed there, it means to be lame in the body, to have nerve problems. There's all different kinds of paralysis. But this man had something wrong with his skeletal structure, something wrong with his bones, something wrong with his nervous system. He was paralyzed. And they said that they, they, they sought to bring him in and lay him before Jesus, but they couldn't find in how to bring him in because of the crowd. So they went up on the housetop, and they led him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven. And then the story goes on with the Pharisees and the, and the teachers of the law get all bent out of shape. Well, that guy just forgave sins. That's blasphemy. Forget that. And Jesus, reading their minds, said, what's easier for me to say your sins are forgiven or uh, pick up your mat and walk? And then he heals the guy, right? Now, Jesus used two things to heal this guy. And so it makes me believe that this guy was paralyzed because he had a wound in his soul. Why? Number one. Remember we talked about how sin wounds the soul? What's the first thing Jesus said to the guy? Man, your sins are forgiven. Do you think Jesus is saying that for maybe a purpose? That perhaps he's trying to tell us why this guy is paralyzed? That it was perhaps his sin that wounded his soul and brought this bone, this skeletal, this paralysis upon him because of that wound. How did Jesus heal this man of not only the wound in his soul, but of the physical paralysis he used both the blood and the dunamis. Remember, what's the first thing Jesus did? He comes down to the roof. He says, man, your sins are forgiven. What is that? That's Jesus applying his blood. Right there, Jesus was what? Washing away his sin, wasn't he? With the blood. So he was doing the first step that I've been telling you to do this whole time. He applied the blood to that man's sin. Then what? Did that man get up off the mat right at that moment? He didn't, did he? Okay. When did he get off off the mat? When Jesus said to him what? Arise, pick up your mat and walk. The word arise. It's a resurrection term. Same word that Jesus uses. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Dunamis comes from the resurrection. The Bible already said, this story already said, that dunamis power was present that day to heal. So it was already there. And then when Jesus said, arise, he loosed that power upon that man. And then he stood up and walked, didn't he? Now, here's the thing I just got to point out. And everybody put down your stones and just think about it for a minute. The guy didn't stand up when Jesus forgave his sin, did he? Think about it. We go in our closet and we repent and we repent and we repent and we repent and we come out still sick. Does that mean the blood isn't powerful enough? No, that's not what that means. The blood is doing its job. The blood is for sin. But sin can make a wound in our soul, and sometimes we need dunamis to heal that wound and to make us be what dunamis means, excellent of soul. So when Jesus said, son, your sins are forgiven, he wiped out the sin that wounded that guy. But the wound was still there until the moment Jesus said, arise, pick up your mat and walk. And the dunamis power that was there that day was released on him. See, we need both sometimes. Do you understand? Sometimes we need both. 
We need both the blood and the dunamis. Are you with me? Amen. Do you receive it? So let's start with the blood. The first thing Jesus did to heal the paralyzed man was to forgive his sin. It was that man's sin that wounded his soul and caused him to be physically crippled. So right now, put your hand on your heart and pray with me. Just say, Jesus, I repent for any sin that I committed that wounded my soul and caused a crippling disorder to come upon my body. Cleanse me of all sin, trespasses, transgressions, hidden sins, and lapses, and cause me to be completely forgiven by the power of the cross. I also forgive anyone who has sinned against me. Wash me clean of every sin that was committed against me that may have wounded my soul. I also repent for my ancestors' sins that may have caused a wound to be passed down to me in my mother's womb. Put your blood on my ancestor's sin, going all the way back to Adam. Saturate my soul with your blood. I decree I am cleansed and forgiven by the power of the cross in Jesus' name. Now, Let's go back to the conference and join in for the rest of this powerful healing activation. Now, are we going to stop there? We have one more step, don't we? Now, I want you to start speaking to your soul. Say, arise, soul. Arise. Pick up your mat and walk. Arise, soul. Arise. Pick up your mat and walk. Right now, release resurrection dunamis power with that word, arise. That's a resurrection term. Say, arise. It releases resurrection dunamis power. Say, arise. Speak to your soul right now. Say, arise, soul. Pick up your mat and walk. With my words, I release resurrection power. With the word arise, I command it to be released into my soul. My soul is becoming excellent. My body's being healed. My bones are being healed. My bones are being healed. My soul is being healed. My body's being healed because of dunamis, resurrection power. Come on, just say arise, church. So say arise. Speak to your soul. Speak to your soul right now in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can stay up to date with what we're doing at katiesouza.com or on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. Thanks for spending your time with us. God bless.